it's time for Reads and Weeds, hosted and created by Shelley Smith. For each episode, Shelley and her guests read a book, and then they smoke weed and talk about it. Here's your host, Shelley Smith. All right, we're recording. <laughs> um, yes, it is uh, our 50 something episode. I'm talking with Angie, uh, who hasn't been on in a while, and I've missed you terribly. I know it. It's been a, yeah, like. It's been a while, but. Over a year? Uh, probably over a year. Yeah. I don't know. But um, I was so excited because she recommended No Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners by Noah Rashida. And if you're listening, it, this is a real easy real easy like two two and a half hour listen I've listened to it twice already and if you've ever had questions about Buddhism and went and grabbed a book that was like 900 pages long that has the eightfold path written in three different languages <laughs> overwhelming, uh, then then this is a really good book because it's written in um kind of like he's being asked very simple questions and he's answering them about Buddhism. And yeah. so I'm wondering, um, and this is Reads and Weeds, where we smoke weed and talk about books. So we'll talk about, also let it be said that right now is a very, very historic inauguration day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We're in between morning inauguration and can I just say how relieved I am that it just happened and there wasn't any I'm yeah. really there was no gunfire. I don't know. I yeah. mean I no. like, yeah. 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 Like so a friend of mine, um, I texted a couple girlfriends this morning and was like you know, happy inauguration day. And one of them messaged back and was like, yeah, I'm super stressed out. And it was like this long paragraph about how, you know, she is, she's been having this recurring fear that we're going to witness something really terrible on live television, like the assassination of somebody. And I was just like, okay, first of all, I'm really sorry that you are experiencing that fear. Um, because I'm also experiencing that fear and it sucks. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, there's a part of you that, that wants to watch because it's historical and all this other stuff. And then there's a part that doesn't want to watch because like, that's super traumatic, right? Like, like, yeah. like watching something terrible happen is, is really, really bad. And will probably stay with you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And like nobody wants to be nobody wants to be witness to that and instead <clears throat> it was just very pleasant and positive and yeah. i remember 4 years ago so many of my friends were so devastated and we all met at this bar cultivate bar and and sat there just kind of looking at each other like oh wow this is weird how are we going to do this yeah. this man is our president and um, that was four years ago. Now we're in the middle of a, of a pandemic. The, um, oops, sorry, that was my speaker going on and off. Go off now. Okay. 
But this is very historic because A, Trump said he, he did not believe that he lost and yeah. <laughs> he told people that he didn't lose and they believed him. And even though electoral officials were standing up saying like, yeah, we did everything right yeah. <laughs> and we checked it and he just keeps talking about it. So it was this really crazy, it's, it's historic because two weeks ago, the Capitol was, um, there was like an a coup attempt on, on the Capitol and people died. People, like, died, people died, people died. <laughs> So yeah. just, we're, I, I said, yes, let's talk tomorrow about Buddhism and, uh, you know, the end of the suffering, because <laughs> I feel like it's a very good way to do it. I could, you know, I did listen to some of the inauguration and everything this morning on the radio, but then I just cut it off and re-listened to the book in the middle of what I was doing, because, um, because man, I had no, I just, I'd kind of yeah just a certain level of tension just a certain level of tension but tell me why did you recommend this book when did it come into your life how has it served you thus far um so as you know shelly um oh by the way uh mike says hello um and marty who i saw in the background for like 0.5 seconds and waved and he didn't even wave back but that's <laughs> um as you know i am the nanny to uh, mike and allison bobbitt's little one um oh yes who who i absolutely adore um we finger painted yesterday for the first time and oh it was so much fun so um so anyways, uh, but I guess it was last summer, um, probably in the middle of this, you know, the, the height of the pandemic. And um, uh, I was babysitting and just, you know, whenever I see Mike and Allison, we kind of talk about how are things, what's going on, you know, whatever. And um, I was just having a really difficult time, um, super stressed out. Didn't know, you know, was unemployment money coming through? Was my job still going to be there? You know, just everything. Um, and Mike suggested this book. So I started reading it and I was like, holy shit, this makes so much sense. And I read it twice <laughs> before I gave it back to him. And then I downloaded the audio version. Um, and I've listened to that a couple of times. It's just, it's really, really good. And it's, um, it's, written in a way that's really easy to understand. Mm -hmm. um, like, I think, you know, for me, Buddhism has always been something that I've been interested in just because um, oddly enough, my Catholic grandparents had a, um, like a Smet Buddha statue in the living room. Um, Buddha, Smet? A Smet, like a, you know, Smet. What does Smet mean? Cement. Oh, Cement. Yes. <laughs> hearing the word I was hearing was like s-m-e-t I was like smet wow I've never heard of smet I wonder if that has something to do with oh my god okay 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 smet buddha yes grandparents go yes so they had this very large smet buddha statue in the living room that I had always loved um and she gave it to me you know a few years ago um but 
I guess I always just kind of thought whenever, you know, I thought about Buddhism that it would be really difficult to understand and there would be, it'd be so complex. And um, after reading this book, I was like, oh my God, it's really way more simple than I thought, you know, and it makes yeah. a lot of sense. And um, yeah, it's just, this is just a really, really good book. So yeah. So this before, when you said you'd been interested in before, my first question was like, what was your view of it? So in the past, you did you had never delved into it before this book because you just kind of blocked yourself, like ah, that seems hard. And then, but this so this was the first time you really delved into like what it was about. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, yeah. So I feel like I I dated a guy for a while a while ago who was really into Tibetan Buddhism, and he goes to a center here in Ann Arbor, and. The thing that bothered me during that time is I thought of Buddhism as this simple for a tenant, you know, but he saw it as this, like, you, you don't understand. It's this, <laughs> you know, it's this eightfold path and you have to, I'm like, what? no, I do. I get it. And what I was trying to say is even though it's not a proselytizing, like you should follow me and believe in my God, it's like a practice. And that's mm -hmm. just in the book. I think if you're a practicing Buddhist and somebody says, tell me how it works, you should have an elevator pitch. <laughs> you know, you should, <laughs> right. like, oh yeah, well, it's about accepting that life is suffering and, you know, and then kind of becoming unattached to the outcomes of things and kind of observing your feelings and reactions to things that cause your suffering. And I feel like you can do an elevator pitch for Buddhism and it's a great idea. And this yeah. <laughs> is like the closest thing. And when I dated that guy, he would make it seem like, no, you have to meditate with a teacher for like the next five years of your life before you'll begin to understand. I'm like, yes, I'm not trying to be Buddha. Right? <laughs> I, I'm trying to understand as your girlfriend, like what, what, what you're thinking about all the time. Right. Like, you know, like, and is it working? Cause like, other people just throw their religious type stuff right in your face and yeah uh, I'm asking you like what is this that brings you this peace or that you're trying to get to bring you peace and he couldn't give me the elevator pitch and it really bothered me um so what I loved about this was it no question so tell me if um between the two of us I feel like we should be able to do a summary but basically he is, um, oh, you know what? I guess I could look up the chapters on here. But what I like about the book, like I said, if you listen to it, it's only two hours and 30 minutes. And he starts with just like, who is Buddha? How did he get that name? Is everybody mm -hmm. kind of Buddha? And I see the big fat happy Buddha, which one's he? I see the one with the long earlobes, which one's he? Yeah, and yeah. I would encourage anybody who's ever been afraid to ask about Buddhism, who's like, I grew up in a Southern Baptist area. And so nobody was really talking about Buddhism. <laughs> when I was growing up, I didn't really learn about other religions probably until I was 19 to 25 you know like I, and so if you've grown up with your thing and you've been nervous to even ask about other things um what is lovely about learning about buddhism is they're not selling you a god yeah it's it's a practice mm -hmm. and so did you does that sound right yeah 
What would you I, add? I loved, um, I was actually, I was thinking about that yesterday um, when I was listening to it, um, that I, I love that about um, Buddhism is that it's, it's very much like, um, hey, like it's, it's, it's more like, hey, let's kind of like be friends and be cool with each other and just be happy. And, oh, that's not how you want to experience Buddhism. Oh, you want to do something a little bit different. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, but we can still be yeah. Buddhist. And like, you think about other religions and it's like, uh, no, <laughs> you know, that's not, that's not how, that's not how we do it in Catholicism. Right. That's not how we do it if we're Baptists, you know, they, they, they all have these, um, these beings that they worship and that everybody has to worship that one. Um, they all have a set of rules that in a very specific way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Buddhism is just like, Hey man, like what I really liked in this book was, um, was when somebody was talking about, I think one of the questions was about, um, um, taking drugs and like being under the influence, um, and, and how they were like, well, you know, you really shouldn't, um, put yourself in a position where you're, you know, you're, you're not all there. Um, but also, you know, if that's the way that you experience, you know, whatever, if that's the way you want to meditate, if that's the best way for you to meditate, then that's cool, man. Just, you know, and I, 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 it's just crazy because that's not how other religions work. And this one is just like, yeah, dude, whatever. Everybody's cool. <laughs> and I wouldn't even say, I mean, I guess the, the definition of religion is like, it, it's such a hairy yeah. ball, you know, it's like, the trying to define exactly what it is, but what Buddhism is, is a set of teachings and practices about how to live. It's not a God. Buddha's not mm -hmm. a God to, to worship. The When most people talk about Buddha, they're talking about a, a prince that was born. And once he experienced the outside world and understood suffering, he felt the need to understand why there was suffering. And it led him to disciplines and meditations and working with teachers to suddenly understand that there's always suffering and sort of the resistance to suffering like wishing things were different yeah is makes the suffering double like if you stub your yeah. toe it hurts and you're suffering but if you just spend all day wishing you hadn't stubbed your toe then there's double you're, you're living your entire day in misery and you're yes and so it's like <laughs> the taking the what suffering is and accepting it and then understanding that you don't have to create more you don't have right. to create more. so i'm gonna i'm gonna do it like a tag to the inauguration speech um joe biden just gave and at some point he said every political disagreement doesn't have to be an all-out war you know yeah yeah you don't have to make such a big deal at everything and i was like oh my god that is what has been so um here's what i've realized is part of the last four years of suffering has been a whole bunch of people wishing things were different right and also mm -hmm. trying to accept what just was 
So, and right now there's a whole bunch of other people in the world wishing things were different and having a hard time accepting things as they are. So I think today is a really good time to look at this is we can be very practical. You, you, you know, wishing things were different, wishing there wasn't a pandemic. Right. It's not helpful. Right. <laughs> right. It's not helpful. Because there is one, you know. Yeah. Deal. Now, now you can go like, oh, well, <laughs> moving on. Right. So, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I have to ask you, I'm going to get the, so I feel like you're looking up something. Were you going to say something? No, I was just um, flipping through because um, there was, well, I found the parts about um, uh, intoxicants. Um, and oh, yeah. you know, it, I, that I don't remember that part. Um, so the question is, um, is there similar room for interpretation of the fifth precept about intoxicants? Do many Buddhists drink alcohol anyway? He says, once again, some do and some don't. That's what happens when there are no absolute mandates. While the fifth precept is about avoiding intoxicants that cloud the mind, it doesn't necessarily mean that alcohol is pro- prohibited. Some schools of Buddhism will suggest avoiding alcohol completely, while others will suggest not drinking past the point of being mindful. As with any action, it's important to understand the intent behind one's drinking. Some people drink as a form of escaping their reality rather than confronting it, understanding it, and accepting it. From the Buddhist perspective, that's an unskillful approach to life that can cause unnecessary suffering to oneself and others. One of the main objectives of Buddhist practice is to gain greater insight into the nature of one's own mind, and this task is nearly impossible when the mind is clouded. Um, They said, you know, they don't... Is that, near huh? the end of the book? is that near the end of the book in the eightfold? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, so he says, you know, the clouding your minds or, or judgments with alcohol or drugs isn't generally seen as moving closer to enlightenment, but you know, it's not something that they're, they're super strict on, you know? So, so it's, it's very different. You know, Buddhist monks are very different than, you know, our, you know, Catholic priests, in in those ways because it's like they're like yeah you probably should abstain from these different things you know from intoxicants um Mm -hmm. sexual misconduct incorrect speech you know stuff like that but also if you do and you have a reason for doing what you're doing then you know we get it like it's cool notice if that thing is causing you suffering that's right we don't want to shame you we don't want to kick you out of our church for being that. <laughs> right. We don't want to uh, have other people shame you and not let you into our universities or churches if you're like that. We want you to see if that is a cause of suffering. And if so, what are you going to do? Right. Figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. So yeah. it might be easier if you really do want to figure it out, not to have those things. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was looking up was um, last night when I was listening, um, he told the story. Um, it's towards the beginning of the book. Uh, Chris wasn't there. Do you remember that story? Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Right. Sorry about. So, so the story is. Proper expectation. Yes. Yeah. So the story is that he was, um, he had been emailing back and forth with this person that um, he needed to, to do some business with. Um, and this person's name was Chris. 
and they set up this meeting and he shows up and he's looking everywhere for this, this Chris and can't find him. And he's thinking, you know, basically what an asshole, the dude stood me up. He's late. You know, he has, he's got no regard for my time, blah, 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 blah. So he sits down and he gets ready to call Chris and kind of, you know, figure out what's going on when this woman turns and says, are you so-and-so? And he was Hi, like, I'm Chris. Yeah. Duh. So then, he, you know, it's like your perception <laughs> isn't yeah. always reality, which is interesting, you know, considering the president that just left and his followers, you know, it's kind of the same thing. They have this, this idea of what happened and uh, that's not reality. It's <laughs> interesting too, is to um, that lesson, that lesson right there of I and perceiving this my way. And I need to be detached from like, like, here's what happened. I got cut off in traffic. Now your perception might be what an asshole, right? But then he says, well, what if that person had a medical emergency? What if that person just got devastating news, whatever. Right. And the way we look at each other right now I, and when I'm, I'm saying this very general thing because of it's inauguration day 2021, but I'm <laughs> for the future people who listen to this is <laughs> when our particular country is in a state of division in a way because we've identified strangely with these um, labels and political parties and uh, just the strangest it's strange. Like we've, it's a, <laughs> we're opposing sports teams that have just taken it way too far. And we don't even care about the game anymore. Everybody just wants to win or it, it's just such a strange time. <laughs> Sometimes we can um, look at another person and, and think wholly the wrong thing. So one of the things about becoming unattached from your version of reality is, it's probably wrong. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so, so becoming, uh, there's a very comforting thing in being able to detach from an emotion in the last couple of years, especially. Yeah. Being able to just kind of detach from that person that's sitting over there freaking out and worrying and lonely and isolated and unsure of the future and just go, Oh, well, those are just feelings, you know, feelings come and go. You're also a person who's provided for, you're also a person who's healthy right now, has friends they can talk to, has a safe place to stay, you know. So I can make a choice how to react. So the, I don't remember what section it's in, but, he, but it's like there's the suffering, then there's the... Um, observation of the suffering is that right like i think so it's oh there's me i'm being i'm sad because that person moved away out of my life i don't have to be you know it's not automatic that i have to choose devastation and sadness i can step away from it and understand that it's it's an, a temporary emotion that doesn't have to consume me there is right. I can accept it. I don't have to try not to be sad. And I also understand that because I'm sad right now, 
this is weird to say, but I'm sure a lot of people can relate. Sometimes you have to tell yourself, just because I'm sad right now, doesn't mean I'm going to be sad forever and ever. <laughs> and right. You can get that idea in your mind of impermanence, of impermanence. This situation will change. My feelings will change. My cells right now at this very moment are changing into a different person. I, you know, my hair right. Technology is going to change. Everything's going to change. And so believing that this current state of suffering will not go away is something to be mindful of. Because if you can realize the impermanence, then you know it's going to be okay. You know, you can lift right. out as a very practical thing to do. Right. So you were talking about the four noble truths, right? Mm -hmm. Okay, so they're the truth of suffering, the truth of the cause of suffering, the truth of the end of suffering, and the truth of the path that leads to the end of suffering. Yeah. Which, which was, yeah. Um, so you, the acronym is ELSA, embrace the instance of suffering, let go of the reactive pattern, see yes. the stopping of the reactivity and act skillfully. Yes. So I have to tell you, um, I had a really good friend who is actually in the cannabis industry, Mark Pasarini, great guy. And I'd gone through this breakup that really threw me for a loop. And when he caught me, like when we were catching up, I was still in this state of mind of like, I am insane. Like, <laughs> not see this coming I feel like what was I believing the last year and a half like was I so far off like was I living in like so <laughs> like so later you know and I just was so <laughs> lord and heartbroken and everything and and I wanted to, to ask him I wanted to talk to him about it but I was so emotional and consumed and everything he's like well, can you detach from that and just get curious? Cause you're a person who likes to learn. Like, can you like step out of it and look at yourself and go, huh, I wonder what happened there. Wonder uh, what I have to learn from this. You know, wonder if I actually saw any of that coming. Huh, I wonder what he's feeling. You know, like, can you detach from it and just get curious and replace sort of like the freaked out pain and loneliness and reaction like my reaction was like how could I feel any other way <laughs> of course I feel this way it's insane I just was blah. and but he was like well you could just get curious about it and as soon as I like detached from like the need to feel my loneliness and like the need to like I've got to <laughs> scream myself through this yeah I detached from that most extreme emotion that I'd let myself had, thankfully, but um, it was like, oh, I am curious. I feel like I could actually pick up the phone and call that guy and say, hey, I, I guess I just have a few questions. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> my, my notes. <laughs> not to fuck up next time, if we could just go through that. You know? <laughs> um, <laughs> and 
it brought me peace, you know? So when I think about the very practical application of the noticing of suffering and the accepting of the cause of suffering, it's so it's good practice. Yeah, but so, so my question then is this, you made the decision to call him and, and you know, detach from emotion and say, hey, what went wrong? Can you please talk me through what happened? And you were lucky enough that he was like, yeah, for sure. Let's chat. I never called him. Oh, but you, okay. Okay. So, but you just. Was, my point was what happened had happened and I was reacting, right? Yeah. I was in this slingshot reaction where I was just like, you know, just like I was that person who got cut off in the car and I was going like, what's that asshole doing? You know, like I was. And so I didn't need to call him. I just needed to change my mind about my reaction to gotcha. it. And I needed to notice that my reaction was a choice, right? Yeah. Because I sat down with another friend and realized that the boyfriend before him that I was so heartbroken about, like within two weeks, I was going, shit, I dodged a bullet there. <laughs> stayed with him a long time (laughs) and was so grateful and and really just needed to see the impermanence thing like I'm not going to feel like this person ruined my life forever yeah and and I there's evidence in my past and so just under what it what my point wasn't that I needed to call the guy and actually do it my point was and maybe we did have like a conversation later. I, I can't rem- even remember. My point was that I was able to notice that I had chosen an extreme reaction. Gotcha. Like it's Yeah, not, that makes sense. Y- you know, you don't have to lose your shit over everything just because you've lost your shit over everything. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> fucking choice it's so refreshing to think about it yeah <laughs> you know this is the part where i fall into a dark pit for a while <laughs> i can do something else <laughs> yep oh my god okay so two stories that that really impacted me and i wanted to see how they hit you one was the story about the um nothing is right or wrong nothing is good or bad right so the story about a farmer the horse wandered onto the farmer's property and the neighbor said wow you're so fortunate you have a horse and he's like well we'll see you know you don't know if it's fortunate or not fortunate and then the horse ran away and the neighbor goes oh my gosh your horse ran away that's terrible he's like well you know maybe not you know and his son breaks his leg and every time the neighbor runs over so first of all this neighbor could really pump the brakes <laughs> this neighbor yeah, i mean that guy all- needs a hobby obviously <laughs> first of all neighbor my own talking business you're the <laughs> suffering <laughs> Sometimes people think, oh, this happened. I lost this job. 
I need to lose my shit about it. It's like, well, maybe you were done with that job. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like the guides, like the lesson that is learned. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, I, I was pretty upset about that, losing that job. But then I was glad. But yeah. Soon after, usually, pretty soon after, I was like, whoo, I don't have to work brunch anymore. <laughs> great. You know, like last week I was really sad, but now I'm like, wow. So, yeah. So that just the, the farmer just has this attitude. He's just saying like, well, you know, there's no reason to think something is inherently good or bad, you know, divorce, good or bad. Well, depends, you know, right. The child good or bad mostly good but the circumstances might be bad why are the circumstances bad like there's a choice it's not yeah so the way he explains the difference between detachment because some people think of detachment as cold like i have no empathy because i'm detached but what that's not what he's saying he's saying the non-attachment or something it's basically you don't have to stay attached to this way of being or this outcome or this belief because um one of the i think the causes of suffering and i'm thinking about it's inauguration day there are people that i know that um i grew up in south carolina and um i mean i remember when I first started traveling the country, like it took me a while to even understand like there was a different way of being than Southern from South Carolina. You know what I mean? All of a sudden yeah. I'm driving all over the country, I'm talking to people in different languages and I'm just like, oh, that was just one way to be a little town. Like, <laughs> fuck, I just didn't even consider, you know, the, all the other ways. But there are some people who they have their way and they hold so tightly to their way that that, that is their suffering. They're blocking yeah. the other. Oh my God, what a fucking great story. The story that he tells that's like, there's a man who's like going to meet with his guru or teacher and the teacher's serving him tea and the guy's talking all about all the things that he knows. Right? Do you remember mm-hmm. this? Vaguely. And he's not saying a word. And all of a sudden, and he just keeps pouring the tea. And now the tea's overflowing out of the cup. <laughs> <laughs> the student goes, what are you doing? It's full. You can't put anything else in there. And the teacher says, that's you. How much <laughs> you pour into you if you already think you know everything? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my yeah. <drop> teacher <laughs> if you if you don't have a practice of um i'm, I'm jumping all over but the intent is that in the eightfold way <clears throat> The intention behind what you're right intent, right intent. I like that. Okay. 
I did really like that story too, because after I read this book, I was telling Marty about, oh, that's funny. That's right on the page that I was just at. Um, I was telling Marty about that story because I, you know, it was just, we were, we had some house things going on and, you know, whatever. And it was like, this happened and this is bullshit because of blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, a few days later, it was like, well, maybe that wasn't so bad, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, like that story in particular was one that really resonated because it's like, you know, I, I mean, it's just normal. We all catch ourselves doing it, you know, because something happens that sucks and it's the worst day ever. It's the worst situation that could possibly happen. And then later, yeah, you know, I lost my job and I thought it was the best job I ever had. I mean, I had problems there, but you know, they paid me really well. I had benefits, you know, I, I had a lot of power. Um, Mm -hmm. And I randomly got fired and I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed for days. I was so upset. Yeah. But then I realized that it like helped to open the door to other things. And it was like, that's probably one of the best things that ever happened to me. So I definitely try to catch myself now when I do stuff like that, you know, it's just like, well, wait a minute, let's, let's wait it out and see what happens after this. You know, everything doesn't have to be fucking horrible. Right. Oh, so one of the questions that I really appreciated was he said, can somebody be Jewish and Buddhist? Can someone be this and Buddhist? Can someone be this and Buddhist? It's like, well, it's a set of teachings and practices. You don't have to like commit to Buddha and sign form and like donate to Buddha. (laughs) Show up for Buddha. it's It's a series of practices. So if you're a Christian practicing mindfulness and understanding why you're reacting to certain things in a certain way and that's part of your spiritual practice then it's not like you're a conflicting thing so if someone like I can remember it's it's been quite a long time since I've been in a community like this where if you were (laughs) you would kind of be suspicious of a Buddhist or suspicious of a book about Buddhism it's like well yeah (laughs) You're just, it's a way of observing yourself and it's yeah. understanding why you're miserable. And if you don't look at it, if you don't, def- it's like you have to discipline yourself to see how you see the world. And you can only do that by understanding that the circumstances aren't causing you suffering past a certain, I mean, if you're freezing to death or you're starving or you're in an abusive situation. You know, there's certain circumstances that cause suffering. However, a lot of people are suffering in fine circumstances, completely yeah. needs met. So it's obviously not circumstances. So then it's, if, if you are trying to find sort of a path to peace and a detachment from suffering, then it's worth, no matter what your background of religion is, I think it's worth looking into these practices because then you're you're actually I guess taking responsibility for your thoughts and then that sort of leads to taking responsibility for your emotional reactions and the way you treat other people and the way you treat yourself if you don't take the time to observe those behaviors then you're just kind of suffering and reacting and you don't it's like the world is tossing you all about and and you feel like 
the world is out to get you or something. Like, right? You're all fucking with me right now. <laughs> I mean, I think, I think too, like, honestly, when you really boil it down, like, to me, Buddhism is just about, like, being fucking nice to people. You know what I mean? Like, it's, like, that's really what it comes down to. Like, stop reacting to everything. Just be kind you know, act with understanding and grace mm -hmm. and everybody will stop suffering because everybody will be happy. Like that's, to me, that's really what it all comes down to. And that's why, that's why after I read this, I was like, wow, this is way more simple than I thought it was. And I yeah. don't mean that in a, in a negative way. I mean, like it really, it's more, yeah, it's, it doesn't have to be. That's, that's right. kind of, it's like, yeah. Yeah. So I have to ask you, <laughs> is this analogy that I don't just fully understand? Oh, oh, I just, I do. I think I do understand the analogy. <laughs> like The story was so funny that I just cannot get over it. I'm going to try to get through it without losing my mind because I'm, I'm kind of high and I might start cracking up. Um, so you're, you're on a hike and uh, it's really beautiful and you're walking by the stream and you're so loving life. And then all of a sudden a bear jumps out <laughs> and you're like, oh shit, I'm regretting the going on this hike and I'm freaking out and I'm thinking about my kids without me. And, but then the bear takes off his head and you realize it's just a person dressed up as a bear. <laughs> like, what is going on with this? <laughs> What he's saying is, what if before <laughs> you went through the woods, I told you like, oh, just so you know, there's kids out here that like to dress up as bears. <laughs> then you would still be surprised, but you'd be like, oh shit, you guys got me. Wah ha ha. Instead of thinking that you were going to die. <laughs> so this is a story in the book. And I'm just like, why are there people dressed up? <laughs> Oh, yeah. Catch from from this reality and just find out what the hell is going on with all these kids. No big deal. But I just have questions. Yeah. Well, I guess. Okay. Yeah. I understand your. I understand your confusion because it's, I don't know. He's talking about accepting the idea that somebody's going to jump out at you and like totally get the lesson and like, <laughs> yeah, like he says it's there and it's scary. And at some point it's going to jump out and startle you, but it doesn't have to utterly terrify you. I mean, yeah. the thing is, is like, whether it's a real bear or a person in a bear costume, it's probably going to utterly terrify me because oh, sure. that's both are very unexpected. <laughs> I mean, like, that's fucking scary. Right. So I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't get it. Oh, yeah. Well, well, here's what's interesting. The sales company that is the parent company that of the company that you and I both uh, worked for. Um, we used to talk about two things when we were training salespeople. When I was, this is 25 years ago, 28 years ago, something like that. Probably 28 years ago that I was learning this. Um, one of the things was accept your situation, right? 
that was what we taught students selling things door to door was <laughs> situation because if you had a kid who was just like so it's 100 degrees out here the houses are really far apart but I guess I'm supposed to go see 20 of them okay I'm gonna go do that you know oh you know what I got blisters on my feet uh, I guess I should wear different socks okay but then there's another kid who's like why is it so hot I wish it wasn't so hot <laughs> hate these shoes I don't like the town I'm in like they just wished everything was different all the time and they suffered you know they suffered yeah the kids are in identical circumstances often like literally two opposite sides of the same town one kid's just going like well I just asked somebody for something to drink <laughs> you know and the other kid's like, I was so thirsty all day and he's like yes people for some, something to drink, you know, like one kid just accepted the situation and that's how you could tell who was going to have just like an easier time dealing with shit is the person mm -hmm. like, well, my car broke down and I got kind of nipped by a dog and I forgot to put it on sunscreen. So I kind of got sunburned. Like that kid was going to be fine. Cause they just, yeah. the deal, it rained on me whatever it's not like right. the gods are against me like, they just decided to react like the world was against them so that's something that we used to say and we also used to say um sort of prepare people for the worst so the bear story the bear story <laughs> reminds me of like the way we would train salespeople. so okay we would say like just so you know you're going to go out there. You're going to be homesick. You're going to get sunburned. You're going to get bit by a dog. Your roommate's going to quit. Everybody in your town is going to hate you. It's going to be <laughs> hundred degrees. You're going to get blisters. You're going to be hungry. You, you know what I mean? I'm going to tell you every single thing I can think of, because if it happens to you, I don't want you to be like, ah, oh, you never told me that my tire would go flat. <laughs> yes, I did. Right. It's our list of shit that's going to happen to you. So that idea of like, just accept like don't so so the reason why i'm against like anything that smacks of too good to be true somebody going like i can't believe how easily i lost 43 pounds <laughs> i already don't trust you at all like you're not being honest with me so our our method was like be just be brutally honest in that way you don't want somebody to say you didn't tell me it would be so hard i'd want to quit i'd be like Yes, we did. Yeah. <laughs> first meeting, very first meeting. I said, you shouldn't do this. It's too hard. You're going to want to quit. And you were like, no, I'm number one. And so <laughs> just accepting that it's, I think it was the, the phrase we use was what makes it hard is if you expect it to be easy. Yeah. Like if you don't go out there expecting it to be just easy, then it's, it's not that surprising. Right. right. Yeah. I've been trying to be more like that, you know, just, just with the literally anything can happen. Sorry. We survived 2020. So I feel like it should be uphill for, or downhill uphill from here. Right. Like good stuff. I don't know. I I'm also trying to be more accepting to the fact well, that let's take the hills out. Let's say smooth sailing. <laughs> all right. I'm that, that works too. But like, I'm, I'm trying to be, you know, I'm trying to just be like, I mean, you know, whatever happens is going to happen. And, you know, it's up to me to react or not react. And, you know, nothing else is going to change that. It doesn't matter. 
I really liked this book too, because I have road rage. And at the beginning where he talks about cars cutting in front of you, and you mentioned it too, you know, I, I thought about that a lot and I still do. I think about it every time I get in my car, Hey, you've got a place to got a place that you need to be at a certain time. And so does everybody else. So you're just going to drive and you're going to take it easy and whatever happens happens and you're just going to accept the ride. So I'm trying to do that. And I'm hoping that moving into further into 2021, it continues. But I also realized that we're creatures of habit. And we, as kids, we, you know, we, we watched our parents complain about stuff and we watched our parents react to stuff and Mm -hmm. it's kind of ingrained in us. And so here I am 40 years old, just now realizing that I have to be an adult and accept things for what they are. And, you know, it's up to me to, to decide how I'm going to handle it. And that's a long time to, to go without knowing that, (laughs) you know what I mean? Oh my God. (laughs) I feel like so many being detached from an emotion by habit. I think I'm trying to find an example. If you, if you consider yourself proud to be an American, for example, and <laughs> you say, I'm proud to be an American, you have this, vi- this image of like a bird and a truck and a flag and like, <laughs> sort of like, I'm proud to be an American. Then I'm like, well, where did that come from? My curiosity is like, why is that part of your identity? Is this just, do you, could it possibly just be pure marketing? just like people selling you hot dogs and beers and baseball over the years and they attach it to that image and then they attach it to a tank and then they attach it to a recruiting video for the army and then they play that song when they show that image like could it just be that or are you really you have like a love for the vibrancy and and differences that this one big body of land those are two completely different things in my mind like yeah it's interesting to be an American because we live on this giant, beautiful piece of land that we can travel all around in. And, and it's kind of a crazy, weird melting pot. And there's so many different types of people. And, but it's also, I, I can't, I don't understand that sort of American flag eagle. Yeah. Patriotism where it's like, a, it's like an angry I'm a patriot and you're not, even though you live in America. Yeah. yeah. I like more than you. It's like, well, why are we even competing on liking it? I, don't know. I didn't know that's what we were had to do. I don't know why you feel like you have to be more an American than me. I don't. Yeah. So, about it is, yeah. So what's really weird about that is that because I was born on the 4th of July, People yeah. automatically assume that I'm this very patriotic <laughs> human. And yeah. I, you know, I like, I remember growing up, you know, whenever somebody would be like, oh, well, when's your birthday? And I'd say, Fourth of July. And they'd say, Independence Day, baby, huh? Boy, aren't you a patriot? Aren't <laughs> you a real patriot? And I'm like, I don't know what a patriot is, but. <laughs> yay you know you think I chose my birthday (laughs) yeah like what power in the womb (laughs) I mean 
Yeah. For me, it was always like, like people made it seem like it was supposed to be part of my identity. And I disliked that so much that I became the opposite. And I became a person who wanted nothing to do with the government. I wanted, you know, I thought anarchy was the way to go. I was a big rebel. So I was always, you know, very, at first I was very unpatriotic. Like I hated everything. I hated the country, whatever. And then as I got older, I was like, wait a minute, I can be patriotic. I can love my country, but I don't have to wear a fucking American flag thong, right? Like that's not good if you wanted to. (laughs) I, but yeah, but I don't like those things don't have to go hand in hand, right? Like, right, right. And whatever makes you believe that is worth looking at. Right, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And so I, I feel like going into this year, uh, if you want something to read to calm your mind <laughs> of how reactionary everybody has been, everybody reacts to each other very quickly on social media. Like we've developed a reactionary society because we have access to ways to immediately react. Whereas it used to be harder to be reactionary because you'd have to read the newspaper and then go get a pen and paper <laughs> and a letter for a couple of days and then find a stamp oh. and <laughs> you just tell somebody that they were a dumbass immediately <laughs> you're sort of restricted and uh I, I feel like now especially we can we can think about like why do I react that way when people talk about vaccines Or why do I react that way when people talk about quarantine? Or, you know, why do I immediately choose a side and get ready to go to battle when somebody says something about wearing a mask or something? Like, what, where did that idea come from? And do you think it could possibly change? And kind of, what's at stake here? Just, it doesn't have to be worth detaching and not getting so hung up on that first reaction yeah helpful this year yeah agreed yeah yeah so here's something interesting to think about is with this new administration and this show is Kamala Harris is was the sponsor of the Moore Act which was the decriminalization um and kind of criminal justice reform cannabis bill mm-hmm. and so you know there's just so much talk right now about they could decriminalize i mean they could just federally decriminalize deschedule and that's the way the way the movement is going to where suddenly it would no longer be a controlled substance so also with criminal justice reform in michigan there's a I'm not, I'm going to say it wrong, but listen to Jazz Cabbage Cafe, everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Talked about it yesterday. Uh, The Clemency Caucus or something, but it's a group of amazing people like, uh, you know, lawyers and activists and everything that are working in every possible way on criminal justice reform and getting cannabis um, prisoners out and next uh, I think next Friday, um, Michael Thompson 
who's been in jail for 25 years for a cannabis offense, he gets out next wow. next Friday. And actually, Trump did pardon some cannabis criminals. Mm -hmm. He did. He pardoned Kwame Kilpatrick, too. Yeah. So, hashtag Detroit winner. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just so curious. Like, I don't want him to... I'm just curious. Like, what what is he doing now anyway so um I kind of just got totally off track Angie I just don't even know what I was talking about hey man I yeah wow. I had a I I made brownies and yeah. um they were it, oh my god we put way too much butter in them so you like an inch like an inch square and you're rocked yep so yep. I'm pretty you, I understand. Oh my God, listen to what we made last night. Are you ready? Biscuit pot pie. A chicken what? pie totally surrounded by biscuit. Oh my God. That sounds so good. Best. It's oh. so good. Marty doesn't like pot pies. What? Yeah, I don't know. I eat pot pies all the time. Yeah, it's the best. It's the best homemade biscuit pot pie. Ooh, baby. Mm, wow. Yeah. You know, we got an air fryer. Oh, girl. Mm. I get it, but I tried to use it when I was in South Carolina with my mom and neither one of us, like, I think we put shrimp in there and we took them out. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's cooked shrimp. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't as excited as I thought. <laughs> I didn't understand all the buzz. <laughs> I, my reaction i was like i'm a little let down <laughs> but this too shall pass <laughs> we'll make you some french fries sometime oh good i like yeah perfect whatever form, whatever form and also tater tots is there a tater tot option <laughs> sure okay <laughs> i would like that a lot <laughs> when high garden when when vaccine vaccinations are up enough so that people feel more comfortable and when high garden is in full bloom i would like yep. fried tater tots on a plate please <laughs> you got it it's a date we'll talk about our our eightfold path and the process <laughs> thereof <laughs> i think we talked about let's see we talked about cannabis we talked about um well you know what i'm curious about is so angie for those of you who don't know is a crafting wizard and <laughs> she started making everything that you can make food shadow boxes sweets, <laughs> like it's amazing and um so i'm wondering what are you working on just like in the last and, and how has this grown and what how much what's fun tell us tell me about that yeah it's all fun i you know like many other people um needed to find something to occupy my time and brain with during quarantine so i got a die cut machine and figured out how to use it so We've made, we make shirts and shadow boxes. Um, the shadow boxes are really cool because they're lit up and just really kind of amazing. Lit up and lit. Yeah. I'm wearing my, my new shirt that I just made. Um, oh, stand up. Stand up. 
Oh, Shelly made me stand up. I'm a little high maintenance. Yeah. yeah. So I that's my, is that's my new one. Black t-shirt, a sweatshirt. What is it? It's a, just a shirt, long sleeve shirt. Okay. Yeah. And then I have an, I made another one that says, um, I don't smoke with racists. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Uh, I have a coffee mug that you can smoke out of that says I'm a little high maintenance. Ooh. With a pipe in it. Yeah. They exist. I gotta, yeah. I got to see I know, that. That's, your head's blowing off. I know. it. <laughs> that sounds amazing. That's so cool. Yeah, we're, um, you know, we just make shit and create stuff and just do whatever. <laughs> what are your favorite medibles that you've experimented with uh, making? Have you done anything savory is really, that's what I want to ask. Um, what did we make? Savory. I have not done anything savory. I do a lot of sweets, a lot of sweets. Yeah. yeah. I've done these really good, yummy, like turmeric, coconut, saffron muffins with, with cannabis butter and uh, cannabis honey. And there's, it's so good. They're so good. They've got cloves and <clears throat> ginger and, and they're yummy muffins. There's like, they kind of taste like those spicy sunrise muffins or whatever, but they're really good. I think yeah. there's it's whatever. And uh, with cannabis butter in them, they're like, so they're not super sweet. So that's about the most savory thing that I make. But um, I've been using honey, just straight cannabis honey in my coffee in the morning. Mm. And um, I yeah. made... Um... I made peanut butter rice crispy treats with a chocolate, like a chocolate layer ganache on top. That sounds terrible. <laughs> they were so good. Oh my God. So oh, good. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. I did a van homemade vanilla ice cream with honey in it. Oh man. Made a blueberry apple cobbler you know Ooh, yeah I've been I guess I've been doing so much more cooking too really wonderful so here's something draw it back to the book for a second this last year has been such a good time to practice these exact things like accepting the situation of we can't go anywhere yeah and just it is what it is and choosing to react in a way that's like, well, I guess I'll start making stuff, you know, <laughs> just yeah. like, how can you, you know, choosing how to react? Cause you can, I mean, we've seen every possible type of reaction in the world. You know, what's, you know, what's really funny about this, as you know, I have really bad anxiety issues. Right. And, and, you know, it's an ongoing struggle and whatever, but I've also accepted the fact that this is just who I am and people around me accept the fact that this is who I am. So fuck it, whatever. So mm -hmm. when, when all of this was going down last March, I was like, this is going to get bad. And other people were like, no, it's not. It's going to be fine. I'm like, no, 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 this is going to get bad. Like I, I, I just know it's going to get bad. Mm -hmm. And you know, I, I had a, I had a few moments of like brief panic, but for the most part, it was just like, I've been preparing for this moment my entire life, you know, <laughs> like, being, yeah. this, being this insanely, you know, anxious person, 
I was like, okay. I mean, you know, I've been through worse probably like what's a pandemic. Okay. So I have to stay home. Fine. All my stuff is there. It's cool yeah. at home. You know, like I pay to live there. So it's fine, whatever. And, and then it became, you know, well, now you can't go to your job. And it was like, okay, so does this mean people are going to live? Fuck it. You know, whatever I, you know, and it was just one constant adjustment and readjustment after another. And thankfully that was the reaction because, you know, it could have been the complete opposite, but I don't remember where I was going with that, but. No, as we were talking about during like the way to practice these, these principles, if you were starting, if you were wanting something to help bring you peace during these last eight months, then I would read this book. I would say read this book. And if you, even if you already have a prayer practice, even if you think of yourself as a Catholic, or even if you see, think of yourself as a Baptist or Hindu, it's just understanding Understanding why you suffer, because our delusion is once I get this thing out or or that person, once this circumstance change, then I won't, I'll be happy. I won't be suffering anymore. Right. So what is, that is the delusion. And once you can accept the fact that um, it's, it's not a downer to say life is suffering. It's just from the second you're born, you're like, ah, I'm hungry. I'm helpless. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it just keeps going forever and ever. <laughs> What's coming out? What the fuck? You know, <laughs> it just keeps going. So if you think it's going to stop at some point, like at some point, you're just going to be like problemless or stressless. You know, I'm going to remove all the stress from my life. I'm like, no, you're not. Right. No, like because there is stress. There's there's just the sort of even if you look at a plant pulling up out of the ground, it's like it's a little bit stressed. It's like how it grows. Like it's not resisting it, it's just doing it. Right. So not wanting like some people just don't want to grow old, you know, they just don't, <laughs> or they don't want to face that reality or whatever. It's like, well, you're going to have to like, mm-hmm. think about it. Um, sort of the resisting of wishing things were different or the resisting of what's actually happening kind of thing. Um, I had this friend in college who it happened several times. She was a friend of my roommate, I think. And, I would be kind of sitting at home writing a paper and she would be over there like, oh, I don't want to write this paper. I, hate it. I think I'm going to tell my teacher that I hurt my foot because, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, you, you didn't just write it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm writing a paper. You could sit down, like write yours while I'm writing mine. <laughs> no, you know what it is, is I'm not even feeling that good is, and I just, there's no way I'm going to get it done by tomorrow. It would be terrible if I turned it in. You know what I'm going to go. So she spent so much time thinking about how to get out of writing the paper, like that we were done with our papers. <laughs> she figured out 
it took her longer to find an excuse about why she didn't want to write the paper. And I was like, it seems like it was an early realization of mine is like, you resisting the paper is just way harder than yeah. So was this trying to resist pain or resist problems? It's like, they're going to happen. Yeah. Well, and also like, also she made herself miserable during that time, but she also probably made everybody around her miserable as well while she was, you know, trying to find an excuse and just not accepting the fact that this had to happen anyways, you know, just a lot of students choose that. Yeah. They, they choose to put themselves in a position of suffering because they wish they didn't have to study. It's like, well, you're a college student. So that's like, right. <laughs> that's like literally your only job in, in college. Job. So job. yeah. So, but, but it, it, everybody does it even at their job. Like, you know, I don't want to do this. It's like, well, it's your actual, it's your literal job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Except that it's your job, you know, um, or get another one, like (laughs) literally your job. So you can spend all day, every day wishing it wasn't, or just do it. Those are your two choices. Right. (laughs) And stop thinking about it in a negative way. And that's it. Those are your two choices. It's, it's such a relief. It's such a, yeah, I'm going to give this a big old thumbs up. You know what I'm really grateful for right now is um, I feel like there's a lot of people who at a certain age start to question things, right? Maybe most people who go, why, why do I believe what I believe? And for some people, it starts when they're 13 or some people it's 18, you know, where they suddenly just take a look around and go, wait, am I actually Catholic? I don't, <laughs> how did that get decided? You know, or like, right. am, am I like a Democrat? <clears throat> that I don't did I, did I have any choice in that you know just you just start trying to figure it out and I feel like it's a very uncomfortable place to be to have that first kind of I might not believe that thing I might need to change this I feel like it's so so important to allow yourself to get curious about other ways of being yeah if people don't it 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 really it's it's like the um the teacher pouring into the cup that's full Mm -hmm. like you cannot become more wise if you already think that you're as wise as you need to be right I feel like it's worth looking at whatever phase you're in if you if you are feeling called (laughs) if you're suffering um, which everybody is, but but it's worth looking at why do I have that emotion attached to that outcome? Right. Yeah. And how to observe what that is, you know. Why does having that thing or not having that thing seem so important to me? What does it actually mean? And then allowing it to be to let go of it. And also to realize that at any time at absolutely any time in your life a person dressed as a bear can jump out (laughs) scare the shit out of you (laughs) you'd be like what (laughs) 
And he's not like holding up a sign for you to get your taxes done. He's <laughs> in he's the park. Jumping out of bushes. Hang out. It's dangerous all around. It's a terrible. Yep. Terrible. Um, can I tell you something funny? I just now realized that I'm sort of accidentally dressed like a flag. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> my striped shirt. <laughs> I'm like a flag right now. Yeah, you are. Look at this. You're very patriotic today. I'm patriotic. I'm you are you are a true American. And underneath this, I have on an American flag bikini. <laughs> <laughs> and underneath the American flag bikini, I have an American flag tattooed where a bikini would be. <laughs> Dude, it's 420 right now. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna hit, but I gotta tell you, <laughs> this could do me in. <laughs> Yeah, I think I'm about done. You about done? <laughs> about done. My mouth is dry, man. I'll tell you what I'm going to try tomorrow night. Um, I'm going to make a, uh, I found it in a Whole Foods cookbook that I almost never use, but it's a nectarine blueberry Johnny cake, which basically you have, it, you make it in a pie tin, not super sweet, cornmeal um, little pie. Doesn't that sound okay. yummy? Yes. Yeah, that sounds good. I actually would like to try that with bumbly biscuit dough and nectarines, blueberries. Wouldn't that be killer? It'd be kind of like a cobbler. I guess it'd be kind of. Yeah. But yeah. We're going to make brownie waffle Sundays. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. You make, brown, wow. you make Listen, you make brownie mix and you cook it in your waffle maker. Oh. <gasps> what yes and then you put ice cream on top of it with we're gonna i'm gonna make homemade caramel sauce shit that's yeah well i this restaurant i used to work at used to have donut sundays but it was like a donut with ice cream and caramel and everything like that it just i a, would eat that a really nice like flavorful cake donut yeah or you could get it with like chocolate sprinkled it was crazy out of control. Singerman's Roadhouse shout out. Donut Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> OMG, we talked about food so much. Um I love food. I do too, man. Listen, but Marty made um french fries in the air fryer the other night and he was like, I feel like a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> Not all heroes wear capes. Some some carry around an air fryer. And well, he does also wear a cape, but <laughs> just for warmth, just like, <laughs> yeah, just to have something draped over his shoulders lightly. <laughs> oh my God. Oh, okay. Well, uh, I think this was the perfect book to read right now. And yeah. This will probably come out two weeks after the inauguration. And my prayers for future <clears throat> is that everything's still cool. <laughs> <laughs> I just want everybody to be thinking like, you know, maybe we don't have to be hateful to each other. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we can live together. Maybe we can start like 
just calming her asses down a little bit. <laughs> like, yeah, share a joint with your neighbor when it's all safe. You know, and maybe in the next two weeks, we'll see if there's going to be any movement, drastic movement on things like criminal justice reform and seats that just turned over the people that were just kind of coming in to their first session and what's going to happen um, with new leadership. So when this comes out, we'll be kind of right in the middle of that. And uh, Yay. interesting. And you might still need a way to seek peace. And so I would definitely recommend um, No Nonsense Buddhism for Beginners by Noah Rashida, R-A-S-H-E-T-A. Thank you, Angie, for being on the show and for recommending the book to me. And thank you, Mike Bobbitt, for recommending the book to Angie. And thank you to all the cannabis farmers and people who make yummy medibles. And uh, let's have a wonderful year. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Cheers, love. Ta-ta. Ta-ta. Hey, thanks for listening to Reads and Weeds. Please find us on Facebook and Instagram and like, subscribe, rate, and review and tell your friends and tell us where you're listening from and what you're reading. Bye.